Welcome to This Week in Photo. Bandwidth for TWIP is brought to you by CashFly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com and Audible dot com, the Internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 75,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature. For a free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com slash TWIP. And Squarespace.com, the fast and easy way to publish a high-quality website or blog. For a free trial and 10% off your new account for life, go to Squarespace.com slash TWIP and use the offer code TWIP. This week on TWIP, a special interview episode with some of the folks behind an interesting photography-based charity, 100cameras.org. It's Monday, November 29th, 2010. And this is TWIP. Okay, I have the pleasure of having a conversation with a couple of the folks that are behind a website called 100 Cameras. Um, we've got the PR director, Angela Bullock, and one of the behind-the-scenes guys, and also a one of our TWIP regulars, Tyler Ginter, on the line to talk about what the purpose of that website and the the initiative is and also talk about how people can help out if they want to jump in and and then do their part with regard to you know helping other folks out so welcome you guys hey fred thanks for having us you are how are you you're welcome nice to talk to you again tyler and nice to meet you angela it's absolutely okay all right let's let's just start with what is 100 cameras? And, I, and Angela, I want you to answer this since you are the PR director and you you know what all the messaging is. So <laughs> tell me, <laughs> tell me what 100 cameras is and who's it for and what do you, what problem are you trying to solve? Well, 100 cameras is we're a nonprofit organization that's been around for about a year and a half and. Our ultimate goal is to utilize photography as a means to raise not only capital and funds for communities around the world, but also awareness, just to kind of bridge the gap between what's going on outside of our own everyday perspective, and also kind of to make perspectives aware of one another. And the ultimate problem that we're trying to solve is to basically make these perspectives aware that each other exists. And we do this by We find organizations that are already committed to communities around the world. They live in the community. They know the locals. They know the ultimate needs of that community. And we partner with them and we say, we are committed to you. What are your greatest needs? And how can we work with you to better your community as you have seen it grow and where you want to see it grow and by listening to the needs of the people? So then what we do is we try to keep it really simple. We go into these organizations and work with children that are member. Most of our organizations tend to be either community centers or orphanages so far, and that's probably the route that we're going to continue to take. And we give them cameras and teach them the basic lessons of photography. And then they take the cameras home with them on their way to school, on their way to get water or whatever it may be that they do during their every day. And then we take their pictures back here to the States and raise awareness and money by hosting events and when someone purchases one of the child's prints a hundred percent of that money goes back to that organization to um fund the needs that we had already established in the beginning that's that's really cool so so these these organizations that you're helping um are primarily outside of the u.s well so far we've done two projects to date in the past year one has been in sudan 
and the other has been here in New York City. So we try to also keep it. We want to, our focus is to both. It's to international and national. Our goal is to ultimately do one local project here in the States each year, along with, as our bandwidth continues to grow, hopefully two international projects per year. But right now we're averaging about one per year. Got it. Wow, that's great. Okay, so how... Just walk me through it. How does this happen logistically? Because the the this week in photo listeners are they they range you know from people that are just been bitten by the the photography bug all the way through to you know folks that are established with studios and all that. And I'm sure the one question because it's coming up for me is how does all this work? So what kind of cameras do you give them? And uh, is it digital? Or are they shooting film? And do you like how do you process the image the prints and then deliver them? Walk me through the logistics of this. Okay, so basically what we do, as of now up to date, we've been using cameras that people, when they purchase a new camera and they're old digital cameras, to answer your question, is digital photography? I should have started with that. So the children are taking digital photos. And all of our cameras to date, besides a few that will be used for our upcoming project that Canon donated, but for previous past two projects, all cameras have been donated by people who have just heard about the organization and want to be involved in help. And they basically donate their older digital cameras that they're no longer using. And actually, we've had a few people purchase brand new ones for the projects. So then these are just a wide array of different kinds of digital cameras. There's no specific brand that we have committed to at this time. We are, however, looking for a brand to be able to commit to for all of our future projects. But logistically, the way it works is we'll collect as many donated cameras as we can and then go to the partner organizations and use those cameras to teach photography. And how many, how many cameras do you generally distribute to a location? Say it's a village in, in Sudan. Like how, many, how many cameras would you deploy there? To date, we've used probably about 10 cameras. So we'll give... It depends on... In Sudan, it was, it was more. In New York, we used... I would say we had seven cameras that, that we used once we established the photography class at the community center and kids were committed and interested in coming. So in New York, it's been about seven, I would say, and in Sudan, we used closer to ten. Okay, and then once they have the cameras, same one of those kids, you come in and I would assume you, you connect with one of the one of the local people that speaks the local language and they explain everything that's going on and then I get my camera and I'm out, I'm taking pictures, I'm excited, I give you guys back the camera, then then what happens on your side? On our side, we collect all of the photos, and in both projects, and we've had hundreds and hundreds of photos that these children take, and they're all interesting, and they all kind of tell an individual and unique story to that child. Um, you know, we've seen a theme from most of the kids, especially in New York, you know, Kenny, who wanted to grow up, and later we learned he wanted to be a veterinarian, which made sense because most of his pictures were of animals. And and you could see this trend in most of the child's photos. So we kind of tried to narrow down from these hundreds of photos that we had from each child, which photos could best tell this child's story in less than 30 pictures. Mm-hmm. So we then narrow it down and... Um, kind of put together a curation of each child's story. And then we we host one big event to start off the launch of the project. And then when someone purchases one of the child's photos, of course, all of that money goes back to the organization. But then we continue to try to raise awareness and funds by doing campaigns online. And the the photos will always be on sale on the website under each project. 
Wow. Okay. So then it sounds like what I was thinking initially when I first mm-hmm. read about the, the 100 cameras project was um, there'd be like there's, there's these kids out there and they're taking pictures and there's one photo that kind of makes it in and then that's the photo that gets sold. But it sounds like it's a picture story. Like it's a, yeah. it's a uh-huh. chronology of a, of a segment in time of this kid's life and how they, how they deal with the, the, the good and the bad of where they're living and then you guys so if if I went if I went to this gallery show and I said oh this is awesome these say these 15 images tell the story and I would like to purchase that um, do I have the opportunity to purchase that or do do I have to pick one and and then the follow-on to that is this is digital right so mm-hmm. will you sell multiple of those or is it is are these limited editions we have not created a limited edition photo at this time. Given where we're at as an organization and we're still trying to grow, we feel that at this point we we never want to cap off for where we are right now the availability of these photos. And say that you were to attend one of our events and you saw one child, say you saw Andrew's entire documented story through pictures and you wanted all of it, we will for sure sell you all of his (laughs) pictures as his story. We don't limit it just to one and each photo is available. Um, for as many uses as possible, for as many people as want it. Sorry, I got, got it. Yeah, well, that makes sense because mm-hmm. then you can, you know, the whole point is to raise raise funds for those mm-hmm. those kids, right? Yeah. So what, uh, you know, just sort of looking at if again, if I'm if I'm in that gallery and I see I see a photo or a series of photos that I fall in love with, what's mm-hmm. it going to cost me? What's the what's the price to to take one of them home? Well, it, it depends. Right now online, we have just a, a 5x7 option and an 8x10 option. And those are, the 5x7 currently right now is $25, and the 8x10 is $35. And that's just a printed version of that photo. We've also opened up to, through throwing different events, we've developed a partner um, with a canvas printing company down in Florida. And they've been very generous to donate canvas prints of our photography so those are also available and at our events we try to supply our audience with you know different sizes and arrays of our photography so if you're coming to an event there's more options than just online there's canvas versions there's larger versions that are matted and framed of certain photos that we've selected to feature but online it's strictly the 5 by 7 and 8 by 10 but if someone is interested we can definitely arrange a canvas print to mail order to somebody. That's wonderful. And then, uh, then just to, not to jump around in time, but back uh-huh. to back to the village. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so let's go back. There. Let's go back to the village. <laughs> you know, time warp. Um, so you're you're in the village. And you you're doing you're conducting the the initial trainings. What does that consist of? Are you are you just doing kind of a show and tell? Or are you just saying, hey, this is the basics of camera operation? Like here, press this button, aim it, and do this kind of thing. Or do you get a little deeper in terms of composition and lighting and all that? Well, so far, we've we've done two, as I mentioned, and I think it's been, we've learned a lot from the two projects that we've already done, and we've developed a camera curriculum, a photography curriculum based on how those two projects have gone and what we've learned. But in the past two projects, what we've done is we basically, we want to 
kind of earn the trust of the children. You know, we we didn't grow up in the community. We don't know these children as well as maybe the people working with our partner organizations do. So first, first we want them to know that, that they can trust us and we want to teach them a skill and we want them to have fun with it and we want them to take ownership in it. So the first class would probably be a little bit of tell us about you. We want to hear all about you, what you like to do, kind of just really initiating us with with them and, and kind of sharing a little bit of us and hearing about them. And then the next few classes will be just the basic camera operations. You know, it, and then we try to tailor it to each project because in Sudan, most of these children had never even seen a camera, let alone held one. So the basic functions of powering on and off, we had to spend some time with, or our staff worker, Susanna, who was there, had to spend some time with these children. But in New York, you know, our kids, they've seen cameras, they've held cameras, and if we spent a whole class on, you know, the basic functions of a camera, I think they wouldn't have been too thrilled with us. Right, right. So we definitely tailor the curriculum to each project, and we've learned that, that they appreciate that. We try to listen to the questions the kids are asking. Given in Sudan, there's definitely a translator involved in the class curriculum and the interactive classes as opposed to New York, but... You know, we our ultimate goal in these classes is to not only teach the workings of a camera, but also to teach the power of photography. That that not only do these kids have a voice, even if they never have a camera, they have a voice and they have a perspective, and it matters and it means something and it's beautiful and it's different and it's great that it's different. It's like no one else's. But then, if we can give them a camera, we want them to also be able to see that other people not only can see their perspective, but they can also appreciate it and care to see it in the first place you know when our kids in Sudan even learned that there was a website that had their photography on it it was just amazing to them and they thought it was so great let alone they didn't even realize that people were purchasing their artwork you know and in New York we showed them the pictures from the kids in Sudan and and literally that was a changing point in the photography class in New York because these kids saw oh my goodness there are other children out there and and they did this and this is their perspective and people care to see them that means people are going to care to see what I see and people are going to care to see what I know and what I like and what my story is so we really I mean in our curriculum it's all tailored around yes we teach perspective and we teach angles but everything is centered around the focus of your story matters now document what you want to tell us and so that's pretty much the underlying theme of the entire curriculum, I would say. Now, Angela, the, before we move on to some of the back-end stuff that I, mm-hmm. that we were lucky to have Tyler on the phone to talk mm-hmm. to, um, security. So we're, in, in many cases, I'm sure, the, I mean, the, the cameras that you're handing out are worth a lot of money, you know, especially in the eyes of someone who probably won't see that much money in a, in a you know, a long span of time. So how do you, how do you reconcile that and how do you ensure that you're going to get the cameras back and the, the plan that you've set forth will come to fruition without any, okay, where's that body and where's that lens and where's that memory card and all that stuff? How do you, how mm-hmm. do you keep it all tight? Well, first of all, I mean, our first and main concern of security is security of the children. You know, they're walking around with equipment that is shiny and looks expensive. So we work really closely with our partners to make sure that where the children are or how they handle the cameras or who they're going to be around with, that there won't be a personal endangerment to the children themselves. And second of all, to know that we're going to get our equipment back. I mean, I have to be completely candid with you. We we don't know that. Um, I think that through the curriculum, a certain trust is built. And I remember there was a very 
strategic moment in our New York class. And I refer to our New York class a lot because we had a lot more time with these kids because all four of the founders are based in New York and 100 Cameras is based out of Manhattan. So we spent a few months with our New York City class. And at first, you know, I have to be honest, I wouldn't have sent the kids home with a camera because I didn't think that they were at the point where they were committed to the class or they wanted to be a part of it. So there was this trust factor going back and forth on both sides. But then it came to a point where we had engaged them enough. We had told them that their perspective mattered enough and that people wanted to see it. And then we just had to say, okay, we're going to trust them because, you know, when a child is trusted, I think something, I don't want to sound like an idealist here or naive, but there's something that happens when they realize that you actually trust them and you're going to trust them with this memory card and this camera and we did set up accountability checkpoints that I wanted to see their cameras and their memory cards and the work that they have done once a week and right before class started. And that went really well. And, you know, we had everything returned to us by the end. And it was, it was just a great moment to see what happens when, um, when trust is involved. And it's very empowering to the child as an individual. Yeah. Yeah. At some point you just have to, you have to make a leap and, <laughs> we and, did. And yeah, and then make it make it happen. So that's that's awesome. Congratulations on that. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than seventy five thousand downloadable titles across all types of literature, featuring audio versions of many New York Times bestsellers. For listeners of this podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook to give you a chance to try out their service. If you'd like a free audiobook of your choice, just head over to audiblepodcast.com slash twip. That's audiblepodcast.com slash twip. So, okay, so we've, we've, only, we've talked a little bit about one half of the story, the logistics and where, where the program came from and getting the images and what they cost and all that, all that stuff. But what... Now, Tyler, this is why you're on the phone, the back end, right? So there's there's one thing to, to gather all this stuff and put the program together, which is, I'm sure, a monumental effort. But then on um, the back end, it's having the website that actually tells the story of all this and makes the whole effort international. How did, how did the back end come into play or the website and all that magic? Well, first of all, I must say this team is one of the greatest teams I've ever had an opportunity to work with. Everybody, Kelly and Susanna and Angela and everybody else on the team is just awesome and supportive and motivated. And it really makes the whole project kind of easy and come together. And we all come up with these ideas and really push the boundaries of, of what we can offer our customers. So um, Hunter Cameras had a website established and Angela and I are good college friends. So we go back to, we went to Florida State together and um, she it was kind of a funny story because I had heard through some friends that about this Hunter Cameras project, and then I found out Angela was involved in it. I'm like, I need to get in on this somehow, some way, just because. I mean, think about us as kids, Fred. I mean, we we had the opportunity to, you know, at least I did have. I had I had cameras in high school and stuff, and and motivated teachers to inspire me. And you know, this has been my dream to do photography and, and videos and film and stuff since I was 12 years old. So. It really kind of hit home for me because these kids in these locations, they have no creative outlet. And so this is an opportunity for them just to get their message out there and just to be seen and heard, like Angela said. So it was really kind of an honor to, to get on the project. And my kind of take on it, what I could at least help a little bit with, was with the, the website that they currently had up. I, I kind of wanted to do a, a revision on it, uh, make the 
make it a little bit cleaner and the and the prints easier to access and, and buy and then integrate some of the social media into it and things like that. Because they were already doing an excellent job of social media on Facebook and Twitter and, and Angela's blogging on, on a WordPress blog and things like that. But to have it all integrated into one professional site is really when people start to come to it, what they want to see from, from the user interface end. Because you really, with a project like this, you have a global audience and you have that opportunity and capability to reach people, millions of people, billions of people around the world if there's a central location where they can find all the information. That's really the power of, of the Internet today. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I mean, it's uh, so the the back end is it still is it still based on WordPress or is it something? No, else? so so we went through some versions. Um, it originally was uh, um, based off of WordPress, and I had started to play around with some templates and things like that. And I really wanted to make uh, hunter cameras, and this goes to any photographer is out there that is either starting up or kind of already in it and understands this. Is you want to build a a website that's able to upgrade and grow a long time and also easy to use because even even and I, I use WordPress for my personal blog and there's nothing against it it's a great service but there's a lot of extra work that goes into it or if you just a lot of people even some people do HTML coding and things like that so it's very important for the site to be easy to use and upgradable and the reason why I say easy to use is because you want to make it fun to update posts and move things around and and make revisions and write blogs and, and, and integrate the latest of social media and the latest of Twitter and Facebook and all the different ways to, uh, to communicate into the website. So if you don't do that, you end up having this, this website that might be really amazing and really high speed, but it never gets updated. And I see that a lot with uh, even professional photographer friends of mine that you know they'll update the portfolio once every two years just because they have to pay a huge fee to do it. So what I was able to do is... Um, after doing a lot of research, I, I came to Squarespace, and I started doing more research into it to see how powerful it could be. And really, so far, it's been incredible. I, I actually just spent another 50 hours over the Thanksgiving weekend uh, revising the homepage and a couple other sections of it. But it's actually fun to do because it's, you know, it's a lot less HTML coding than a normal website would be. So you can kind of get in there and get your hands dirty by moving things around, playing with things and links and stuff without really uh, racking your brain too much but um, one really cool thing that allowed us to do which the WordPress was kind of having some glitches and bugs is integrate what's called Photomodo and so this is really cool for a lot of photographers and, and that are out there right now if you want to sell prints on your site and don't want to use a third party subscription package there's a website called Photomodo F-O-T-O-M-O-T-O and we've used that as our back end for all the prints so it's a quick HTML code that you inject into your website, and it puts this really cool um, insight, uh, prints and cards, browser, little interface. And you can, you can, you can uh, add cards. You can set prices. You can like, add messages to the cards. Check out all on the site. And, it sh- it'll, and then the back end of that photo moto, it, sh- it shows you, you know, how many prints you have. It has a whole thing to manage all the orders that come in so we can we can quickly pull up an email list like i just sent out a uh list a distro list to all the people that made purchase recently on photomoto asking for feedback so i can quickly get all their email addresses send them back out we can it makes it easy for us to log so we make sure all the stuff goes back to the kids and what photos go where and uh um it's been logistically very nice now photomoto like angela was saying at the shows they still do the canvas prints and the traditional prints that they always have. But on the <clears> website, we've gone 100% over to 
um, Photomoto, which actually allows us now. Uh, we haven't had, we don't have the canvas print up sets up yet. We, that's still me and Kelly are working that. But you, there's five by sevens, eight by tens, eleven by fourteens, and there's also uh, greeting cards, flat cards, and postcards that you can send out. And the the greeting cards are eight bucks. And so it's a nice little holiday gift or something you can just send out to friends or family. And then it, there's a story behind it, which is cool. And I think that's what's really inspiring about this whole project is we're teaching kids storytelling from such a young age. We're teaching them the importance of, of pushing that story out. And, you know, sometimes we get lost in, in even as professional photographers with everything that's going on. And we miss these little moments these kids are able to capture. And they're able to see those those moments from their perspective. And I think that's what's so magical about it. So you buy one of these prints and you, you support these kids, but you also have a story to tell. And you have a, you know, you can show these to people and, and, and ask, you know, what were they thinking to gather that shot? There's there's just some amazing ones when you go through the site. So so on the site right now, is there a there's a gallery of images that folks can go look at and see what kind of work this, these kids are producing? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I've made a lot of revisions lately because we were having problems and this is all learning as you go through, you know, building any website. And this is I'm I'm learning every day with this. So there's ways that you know you have to, and as any photographer out there, when you build a website, you have to make it as simple as you possibly can. And the best thing to do is to test it out among multiple people. And so we've been, you know, having uh, key people, and then also friends of friends and friends of family and anybody we know to do beta testing on on the website because it's almost finally at the point where it is really you know, a hundred percent there for what I feel is it, it needs to be for, for showtime. But, you know, in the, it, before that, in some of the beta testing, it's so important to get a target audience and really, you know, see there might be something that's confusing here for one person or somebody might not be as web savvy and they want to know how to get there. And so we're still figuring things out, but I redid the homepage and on the homepage now there's a section called featured prints. And that's a really quick way to kind of get some of the top prints. These are the top basically uh, viewed or purchased prints on the website. There's like five to ten photos on there currently. And then uh, there's on the top menu bar, there's purchase prints. If you go into there, you can see the different projects. You can dive into each project by each photographer's portfolio. And when you get to the final photo, there's a buy, buy card or buy print icon underneath. And it's not just the buy print and buy card, which is really cool. We've really tried to integrate social media, which, as everybody knows, that's really important for any photographer, any organization, to bring in Facebook and Twitter and things like that. But we've brought that right into um, underneath each photo. There's a share link where you can share that at basically an e-card, what it's called. And you can basically email that as an e-card or put it on Twitter or Facebook so you can share it for free with somebody so they can kind of get the idea of 100 cameras and see and see the prints on, uh, for themselves. That's great. That was that was going to be my next question. I was going to ask you how were you integrating social media like Twitter, Facebook, and uh, to some degree, I guess I don't know if, if Flickr would make a, make sense for something like. And this. actually, yeah, we have Flickr too. We have now the Flickr isn't really for um, the prints, but it's for all the back end photography, behind the scenes type of stuff the team is doing behind the scenes, so people can get a better perspective. One thing I've been definitely talking about, and this is really what a lot of websites and, uh, and really great photographers like Vincent Lafred and other ones are doing right now is they're doing a lot of behind the scenes and tutorials of what's going on. So I've talked to the team and we're, we would like to do some more of that in the future where we have, you know, we show more about the kids documenting and, and we do it with photos right now, but it, to show more of their video and interviews and things like that to kind of bring a personal feel to it. But as Angela said, I mean, we are still 
in the very infant stages of what this organization I feel someday can become as we start really wrapping up these projects every year. And so it should be, it's going to be really exciting to follow uh, as we get bigger. That's awesome. That sounds, sounds like it's off to a great start. Now, Angela, how long has the, uh, the 100 Cameras organization been in existence? Well, we technically, we were incorporated in the spring of 2009, but the project actually started with Susanna, who is also the executive director and photographer. Um, she went to Sudan in October of 2008 with this idea. And she's, she's been a photographer for years and had this idea of what could happen if we gave cameras to kids. Because I think as a photographer, she, she would travel and she would go into these communities and she would, you know, photograph what's going on in her perspective. But there are still places that a foreigner can't take a camera that a kid could. And so she always said, what would it be like to really see what these children see? And so she, in 2008, had a connection with our partner in Sudan and pursued working with them and implementing the first photography project. So a group of friends, we put together a fundraiser basically to raise enough funds just to send her there. And then she went there for a few weeks, implemented the project and came back. And these, these photographs were far better than we ever imagined they would be. Not because we didn't think kids were capable, but we just had no idea what really could truly happen when a child is given a camera. Because even as an adult, I take photography based on what I like, or I might have an agenda or a motivation or a purpose for taking a photo. But we were learning with these kids. They were just snapshotting everything they saw. And it was very unmotivated and a very true reflection of reality. And, and they were beautiful. So we said, okay. I remember sitting in, in our kitchen in an apartment on the Upper East Side, and we are like, what are we going to do with these photos? And we decided to host our first gallery in that same apartment, and we removed everything from the walls, put our furniture in bedrooms, and had the first photo exhibi- exhibition in that apartment. And there, probably over 70 or 80 people attended. And, and then we said we could do bigger and better. And we later found a connection at Samsung Time Warner that's located in the Time Warner Center. It's the Samsung Experience, and they offered to donate their space for us to host an event there in May. And it was in between the first exhibition in our apartment and in May that we decided to officially launch this as an organization, and we began to file for a 501c3 and, and pursue really launching this idea and making it happen. That's awesome. So, uh, Tyler, back to you. One one question on the uh, just sort of the the pixels that that folks are capturing. I guess Angela, this could be for you as well. There's been and Tyler. I know that you are you are engaged in the whole video movement uh, online with with this crazy sort of cinematic video quality that you can get out of digital SLRs. Are you guys thinking of doing um, like a 100 cameras? kind of next step where instead of still photographs the kids are taking videos and that sort of thing have you thought down that path oh man angela do you know if if they've talked much about that i know we've talked briefly about Mm -hmm. moving forward in that direction as well and, and possibilities of that we definitely that that is on our radar however right now our bandwidth is so limited that we've decided to focus just on still frame photography and ultimately our goal would be you know until we get to the point where we've not mastered the idea of still frame photography with these projects but until we get to the point where we feel like we've done a good job of learning and executing it and we have a consistent camera donor 
once we get there, then we have talked about the idea of introducing video to the projects and possibly even giving kids. We've been approached by some ideas with what if the kids had flip cameras as well or cameras that could do video and photography because it, it, it is interesting to see live footage of what these kids can do. And actually in our Sudan project, we learned that a lot of the children were taking video and didn't realize it. So you would see this unique transition of a video of the picture that they were about to take kind of live. And Susanna actually worked really hard and put together this video that's available on our Vimeo. And I want to say possibly on our website, which it basically connects these live shots with the still frame photography. And it's, it's really beautiful and inspiring. And I know that that is something that we want to do and make a permanent part of our projects. But right now, it's just it doesn't fit into our bandwidth as an organization. But it is on our radar for the future, definitely. Yeah, and I, and I definitely agree. And I think that's, Frederick, like what I talked about on the show a few weeks ago was, you know, the convergence in, in multimedia is, is really great, but there's still that place for photography and great photography. And I think really where the video and the audio and, and the, the multimedia is going to come into play is like we talked about behind the scenes and things like that in the future, even more to showcase some of the kids, be you know, what's actually taking place. But as of teaching the kids and training the kids, I think like what Angela just said, our main focus is on photography. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace.com, the fast and easy way to publish a high-quality website or blog. And Squarespace.com has announced new social widgets featuring a Flickr photo display for a thumbnail view or slideshow view of your Flickr feed, a Twitter widget to display tweets on your website in a customizable display, and even an iPhone app to enable you to log into your website and update it while on the go. And if you'd like to check out some cool examples of Squarespace sites, just head over to squarespace.com forward slash examples. And if you'd like a free trial, just head over to squarespace.com slash twip. You don't need a credit card. You can try it out, build your website. And if you decide to purchase it, you'll get 10% off for life when you enter the offer code TWIP. That's squarespace.com slash twip. So, uh, so just to kind of wrap it all up, Tyler, on your side, where where is the the back end of the site? You know, just going like where where do you expect things to land in say, you know, eighteen to twenty four months from now? Where what will one hundred cameras look like? Oh wow! So, well, and once again, that goes back to the ability of using Squarespace and Photomoto and what they're doing in the background. I Squarespace just put up another. Uh, blog post about some of the new features they're integrating with the new media gallery and new um, iPad app and uh, they're, they're going to be upgrading to version 6 ne- hopefully next year which will give new templates and themes and things like that so I'm really excited to see you know every time they come up with something new uh, I kind of push it over to Kelly or Angela or Susanna and ask them you know what do you guys think of this so there'd be a feature we can add or integrate so it actually makes it really nice and easy things like forums or blogs or whatever I mean there's certain things we haven't actually implemented but I, I really like the openness and the way that it grows along with us so whatever you know the internet takes us next i really want to be on top of those types of things and also just getting more content on the site and as these projects grow the cool thing is the back end's already kind of set up to support that so the more 
the photos come in, the more we can put it up. Photo Moto's, you know, in the background supporting it. I, you know, we're just at the point right now where we're really starting to get some orders coming in through the website, and I, and I really hope that starts to to kick off some more and get more of a global audience that knows about the project and wants to support. It. It's not just about purchasing the prints, and I know Angela will talk more. Would like to probably talk more about this, but it's it's just being supportive and and however you can help, whatever you can do. I mean, we've had people I know send cameras that are however old whatever you have i mean it's one of those things that uh you send us a quick contact we get emails about all kinds of cool stuff so you send us a quick contact uh email on the actual website and we'll do our best to get back for sure and and any ideas you have or ways you want to implement or things that locations you might know of or whatnot we're here to take feedback right angela that is definitely for sure we love feedback and we love ideas and we love brainstorming with people who, who want to contribute to the organization and help us grow yeah. to infinite levels. So, so on that, Angela, so looking forward, I'll, I'll, put, I'll put the same question to you. You know, looking 18 months, 24 months out into the future, ideally, where would 100 cameras be from your perspective? Well, in the next year and a half to two years, I know that our team definitely would like to be able to give more of our time and resources to the organization. So hopefully that is on our horizon and we are in the progress of making that development happen. And from there, the more time that we can devote to this outside of our full-time jobs, the more we want to see it grow. We definitely want to be doing and implementing at least two projects per year. Right now, that's looking realistically like one outside of the U.S. and one inside the U.S., but ultimately in two years, hopefully we'll be doing two international and one here locally in our own backyard, and we just want to see the, the organization multiply. We want our awareness to multiply. We want more audiences to be engaged into what's going on outside of what we know. Okay, so so then that said, so we know where it's going on the back end. We know where it's going on the front end, where we'd like to see it go. How can the the This Week in Photo Army help you guys push this thing to where you want to see it go? Well, honestly, you know, this is an all-call to all photographers out there listening, is we need your help. We need your voice. And that's the beautiful thing about photography is, is your voice is so much louder um, with images and words at the same time and your audiences and your following. And I encourage you to please contact us because I think that if we could bond all of our audiences together for a greater cause for the role of what photography can do in our world. It could be, it's just really exciting to think about all of the possibilities and to see where we can grow and challenge one another from there. So right now, to everyone listening, I just encourage you to contact us and um, and spread the word. Use your, your various outlets to um, let, let your followers and supporters know about 100 Cameras and our vision and our ultimate goals. And of course, purchasing prints is a definite what we want a definite push for what we what we want to do for the holidays just to support our our partner communities and be able to give more money back. Um, we actually are in the process of a like by share campaign which kind of sums up everything I just asked everyone to do. You can go to our Facebook page which is facebook.com/100cameras.org and and follow us. And in through this campaign we're asking people to like the idea of 100 cameras join the conversation on twitter facebook and utilize that outlet to to share with the masses and then to ultimately purchase prints to where we can give more money back to our partners and fulfill the circle of 
of what 100 Cameras is trying to do with photography. So the website is 100cameras.org, not .com, .org, mm -hmm. and your Twitter uh, handle is just 100 cameras, correct? Yes. Uh -huh, that's correct. And then for you guys, are you are what other what other ways can people find out about the site? Is just those two besides the Facebook? Is it facebook.com slash 100 cameras as well? Is that how they get to the our, your your Facebook page? Our Facebook identity is 100 cameras org. It's facebook.com slash 100 cameras org. And if you go to the if you go to the homepage to make it easy, when you log mm -hmm. into 100 cameras org on the front page, you can see all the social media links and can take you right to all of them and yeah that's another thing we really do hope you can at least follow or like the, the fan pages and kind of see what's going on and keep in the loop and and spread the, spread the word for sure perfect awesome well guys thank you is there, is there anything else you'd like to let the let the listeners know about before we uh before we close the interview off no I, no i just want to thank you so much for having us on and uh it's been an, it's, as always i i love twip so you guys <laughs> <laughs> No, it's it's our pleasure. I think you know it's in, like we were saying before. I hit the record button here, Tyler. It's uh, I think it's important that we do things like this uh, on this week in photo from time to time. The the our audience is getting really large, and the the show is becoming popular. So you know, with that popularity, become you know, comes responsibility, I guess. And you know, things like this is are are ways that we can help kind of. You know, not not to not to Help be the future of photography. Really. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm trying is. to avoid saying I'm trying to avoid saying this is how we can give back. You know, this is but we're, this we're, is we're saving photography, Frederick. Yeah, well, this is how we're we can help out. You know, it's, it doesn't it's not hard, and you know, photographers love taking pictures and they love being involved with things that are photography, and people just inherently like helping other people. So you know, it just it just makes sense for us to help bridge that gap between people that are trying to do something really positive in the world using photography and people that love photography and that's to this week in photo audience so yeah this is this is a perfect fit for our audience so thank you both for for taking the time to uh to have a chat with me of course thank and so thanks much. again frederick it was so great to talk to you you are quite welcome thanks guys and uh we'll we'll talk to you soon <laughs> This Week in Photo is a Pixelcore.tv production produced by Suzanne Llewellyn with technical producers John Riley and Alutha Jamakar. <laughs>